Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley, bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. And welcome to the show. Today we're talking Blue Doors at 10 Killer, and a little bit later we're talking Tourism Boom in the state of Oklahoma. I'm Brett. And I am Harley. We talk cabins and going camping quite a bit. You're somebody that's a, I dare I say, a, a camping enthusiast. Yes. But this place in Ten Killer is unlike anything. I honestly think either of you, I honestly think either of I have ever seen anything like this. I would agree with that 100%. I actually, after just the briefest introduction to Blue Doors at Ten Killer, yeah. I want it. I want the place. I want to own it. I want it to be mine. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. everything I've ever dreamed of as far as a place to go yeah. on a regular basis. And this place has been around, not as Blue Doors, but it's been around as some form of a camping site since the 1950s. In the 1950s, it was a motor lodge called the Shangri-La it was close to Route 66 and Tin Killer. It was kind of a perfect place mm-hmm. to go and show off your new Airstream mm-hmm. or to stay in one of their small cabins. That was then. Right. This is now, though. So it is. it changed dramatically over the years. Mm-hmm. It's now a small resort kind of uh, cabin slash resort area. I mean, yeah. Dare, I mean, dare we say like a, a some type of a spiritual retreat? Uh, almost, and it's kind of reminiscent of Sedona, Arizona, or Santa Fe, something along those those lines. Mm-hmm. Over the years, it's changed hands multiple times, and it kind of fell into disrepair for a while. Recently, it was honored with the Sustainability Award by the Keep Oklahoma Beautiful Group. It is several adorable overnight cabins. Right, but what color are the doors? Uh, believe it or not, the doors are all... Purple. Oh, purple, not... No, they're blue. Yeah, they're... Oh, okay. Uh, Obviously. You had me. You had me there. So, the hub of the place is this kind of shady courtyard Mm -hmm. with a kitchen, outdoor kitchen at either end, and it's kind of the hub of the social activity. Well, yeah, and it's got this really cool stacked stone fire pits everywhere, uh, open air kitchens on both ends of the courtyard. So it's kind of, that's the gathering place, more or less. It's basically the living room and kitchen for all of the cabins outside of the cabins. So in terms of the setup, though, how are the cabins set up? The cabins are in a small semicircle around the courtyard, so it kind of just feels like that's where you're meant to be. You kind of gravitate towards the central meeting place, or, you know, that's where you hang out. So... I don't know if you remember, I think even in the 80s, they still had these motor lodges and th- where you just kind of pulled up. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I love that they, they have changed the character of the place, but the essence of it is still very much intact. <clears throat> I would agree to it to an extent, yeah. but I think it's been elevated. Like, yeah. The motor lodge, I get, I get what you're saying. I get the feel of the yeah. motor lodge, mm-hmm. but I think that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a motor lodge had Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, I would, I would say a 100% a 1950s motor lodge <laughs> did not have Wi-Fi unless you were traveling through time. The cabins are either one or two beds, a limit of four people per cabin. Like you said, they do have Wi-Fi, uh-huh. but something that they had in the 50s that they don't have now: TVs and phones. I like that. It's a good touch. 
Uh, now, granted, it doesn't keep you from using your phone. Your phone is connected to the Wi-Fi, but it gives you a little bit more of a solitude sensation without having all the knickknacks and paddywhacks and all the distractions. Dog, all the distractions, yeah. So, in the place of the TVs and phones, though, mm-hmm. they have an overabundance of books. Books, books, books. Like, all, all different types of books, from mm-hmm. poetry books to political. Cur- current events, yeah. political books, that sort of thing. So, it's really kind of a way for you to shut off the... The, the outside. Bo- right. <laughs> I mean, it, to be more in the moment. What I also like about these cabins is, they took, again, we talked about it... it Maybe we didn't touch on the fact that it kind of feels like a little bit like Sedona. Well, they took the the designs from, say, Madrid and New Mexico. They're all the cabins are stuccoed. The, those beautiful colors and the stucco, I, they, it just pops. They really paid attention yeah. when when designing or building the the cabins. They really paid attention to like the charm and the sustainability. As far as sustain, sustainability goes, they have low. They have low-flow toilets mm-hmm. and shower heads in the rooms, mm-hmm. which, again, I think it's cool. Yeah. I think even if you're you're probably not going to notice it as a guest. No, you won't. But the fact that they paid attention to that type of thing mm-hmm. during the construction and design, I think, is awesome. Well, and another thing that kind of piggybacks on that s- sustainability factor is they've got a community garden. I think that is awesome, and it's open to the guests, so you can go out there and you know pick a handful of strawberries. Yeah, here's the thing about it. A community garden versus a continental bra- breakfast, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. You can keep your frozen pancakes. Frozen and- pancakes and your weak coffee. <laughs> I'll take a melon and a, and a tomato. <laughs> and as far as, you know, we were talking about the, the courtyard. Yeah. If... You're not in the mood to interact with all the other people. Mm-hmm. They have they have other fire pits and and seating areas, uh, you know, a gazebo that type of thing where you right. can kind of go off on your own, just read a book and not you know not chit chat or you know whatever. I thought I I think I would probably be okay with some community activity, maybe a little, but I like the idea of being kind of being able to kind of split off and do my own thing for a, for a little while. Well, and to that point, yeah, I think would suit you very well. So, again, very close to Lake Tinkiller, mm-hmm. very close to the Illinois River, but they also have a private fishing pond, which I think oh, would yeah. be right up your yeah. alley, where you can just chill out, crack open a beer, and, you know, kind of meditate with your fishing pole for a while. Or, if you're wanting something a little bit more, you're... A more of a low-key, more peaceful adventure, maybe some transcendental meditation type of adventure. They have that too. They do. They have a teepee on, like an authentic teepee, yeah, on the site, and apparently they use that for meditation, for reiki, for massage, for yoga. I think it's interesting. I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's my thing. You don't want to open your third eye. I think it's already open. Well, I'm just saying maybe it needs to be... Your, like your, somebody poked me in my third eye. Your third eye needs to be widened, maybe. <laughs> I think I need corrective surgery for my third eye. <laughs> right? So, yeah. The other thing about it, I think you can bring kids. I think it'd be a great community for that. But it, I can almost see this as like a great getaway for adults for the weekend. I do as well, but I kind of feel like it's almost like borderline... Mm-hmm. Like a monastery. Yeah. 
Like, I almost feel like this is in the vein of being a monastery, like a, a Shaolin monastery. They have an actual Zen garden for on the grounds for really? meditation, you know, the contemplation, that sort of thing. I don't know how, how many campsites provide a Zen garden, a, a community garden, a community fire pit. They also have primitive camping as well. Yeah, they have a, a tent area for ten, ten tents. If you're a glutton for punishment. Um, it does, it's not 100% primitive because they have a, a laundry oh, facility do. and a shower facility specifically for the tent campers, which I think is cool. Is that still glamping? Uh, a little bit, maybe. No. I, if you're not washing your clothes on a rock, I kind of feel like it's, we're right on the border. I think glamping equals a having a mint on your pillow provided by somebody else. I think that's a little bit more glamping. Oh, and, and turning down services and right, a as, TV. As opposed okay. to sleeping in your stinky old <laughs> sleeping bag that smells like mildew and rocks. Right. right. So as far as how this whole thing started, though, the yeah. owners, Janie and Pat, they'd spent decades at Lake Tinkiller you know, doing the normal Tinkiller stuff. Water activities, swimming with the kids, that sort of stuff. But one day on their way home, which... This is a lot of how a lot of these stories start. We saw a for sale sign. We bought a zoo. We bought a restaurant. Can we talk about the drive? I know we've talked about it before, but yeah. the drive home... Is the worst drive. From anywhere. Almost. Dude, I'm telling you, the lake drive home is the worst. Right. You just see the lake in the rear view if you're lucky enough to have it there. Just slowly shrivel away. And you're worried about all of the things that you have to make up for because you were gone for an extra couple of days. Right. And then you get home and you finally get connected to the Wi-Fi and you have all these emails from, we need, we had this emergency, we couldn't get a hold of you. Yeah, reality checks are the worst. Absolutely. So the owners, Janie and Pat, they were driving, they were making that drive. Uh-huh. And they saw a for sale sign. And it was kind of karma, dude. Yeah. So after a really brief negotiation with what they considered to be a reasonable seller, they were the owners of, and I quote, the coolest damn thing ever. Yeah. And they were also quoted as saying, you know, they, they were also quoted as saying that they, they got it for a song and the song never ended. They spent several years clearing out the damage, building bonfires with the old rotted wood from the, from the motor lodge, anything that wasn't salvageable. Um, and they used everything that was, mm -hmm. and they basically got it down to concrete pads yeah. and block walls. That was yeah. it. It's what they refer to as a frame-up restoration. They literally resurrected this thing from the from a bonfire. Exactly. They knew exactly what they were doing, what they wanted it to be, which you know we discussed it earlier. Yeah. You know, we discussed earlier. You know, is it's come to fruition? Yeah. But. They really just kind of started off with they wanted to live a more sustainable life, mm -hmm. doing the thing that they they only before had gotten to do on the weekends. Only on the weekends. Can you imagine that? Like I ask people all the time, what's your you know what was your first job last year? What's your dream job? And how many people can honestly say that they're a living their best life, b doing what they love, and b followed a dream all the way to fruition? Right. It's very, very rare. But again, we talked to a lot of people throughout Oklahoma who were just passing through, just passing by, saw a thing, took a chance, and it just blossomed from there. But I think the key to that is 
it's aside from the perseverance and having integrity and all those things that you kind of lump into how things become successful, it's sometimes you got to just roll the dice. You got to take a chance. I agree with you 100%. Now, as far as Blue Doors goes, yeah. it's two and a half hours from Oklahoma City. Not bad. Dude, it may as well be on a different con. It may be, may as well be in a different dimension. You oh yeah, really need to check this place out. Yeah, add it to the list. You know, if you can't get one of the cabins and you like camping, yeah, like primitive camping, check out their campsite. But you're definitely want, especially now that everything is starting to. We talk about it about every other show. Things are finally starting to open back up again, which means interests are peaking. The people are getting out more. You definitely want to check and see what the what the weight is. I don't think you're going to get, you know what I mean? As far as tourism goes, yeah. it is on the rise. We are going to see some serious activity as far as tourism goes in the yeah. state of Oklahoma. And we have more to talk about that after the break. But again, I think if you're interested in this type of activity, if you just want a place to go chill, mm-hmm. check out the Blue Doors in Gore, Oklahoma or on Lake T- Tinkiller. Uh, We've got all the contact information in the show notes. And we're going to talk about that tourism boom coming up. So, Brett, we have done approximately 110, 120 episodes of the Only an OK Show. On occasion, we have talked about the best place to get screen printing and embroidery. At least every other week. For a while. (laughs) For a very long time. But if this is your first time listening to the Only an OK Show... Mm -hmm. And you need something like a fresh T-shirt that has the only an OK logo on like it. Like fresh, like '90s freshman, like that. Those threads. Those are some fresh threads. One hundred percent. I think the place that you would want to go for fresh threads is Master Threads or Funky Fresh Threads. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Master Threads has been in the business for is longer than we've been in business. And they've been providing they've been providing Oklahomans with fresh apparel, embroidery, caps, polos. Do I, do I need to go down the list? They do everything. If I named off every every single thing they did, it would take us a while. But if would. you're looking for some high quality, long lasting gear, check out the team over at Master Threads. Absolutely. You can call them for a free quote. That's four zero five six seven three thirty seven eighty seven. They're only a right click away. That's at Master Threads. Dot us. We're old pal, you know, friend of the show. I, you know, in case you're new to the show, we're 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 in good, we're in thick with uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell, and he spoke spoke recently in Bartlesville at the Chamber of Commerce and uh, about it, the huge tourism boom that's happening in Oklahoma. Yeah, I think people don't realize that even during 2020, mm-hmm. when Everything was suppressed. Oh, yeah. We still had a huge year. I think it was $760 million in travel and tourism in the state of Oklahoma. Absolutely. Here's a staggering number that you don't think about. And and maybe it's because we're here and we're spoiled. Tourism in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. generates $9.7 billion with a B every year. That's a a lot of money. Mm Mm-hmm. For people to go elsewhere. We're still getting it. But So according to Matt Pinnell, he's, he referred to this he referred to this as the roaring twenties of travel, mm-hmm. and he expects 
the full brunt of it this, this summer in the United States. Yeah. And his part of his goal is to get as much of our share, Oklahoma's share of those travel and tourism dollars coming our way. Well, you know, in, we think of industry, a lot of industry in Oklahoma. Tourism within itself is the third largest industry in Oklahoma. That says a lot. Right. And again, it's something we've discussed a lot. And, you know, one of the things that the lieutenant governor discusses or discussed in his talk was keeping the the sales tax dollars in the state, which is all well and good. Mm -hmm. But spending your dollars with local businesses when you're traveling, you know, if you you plan a vacation and Mm -hmm. instead of going to McDonald's. No, instead of going to like Texas, okay. Texas, yeah. You go to Tulsa, right? You're supporting a local business, more than likely several local businesses once, yeah. that are going to be spending their their money in the state and the money that you gave them in the state, so that only benefits the people of Oklahoma. And we say it all the time and you've probably seen the signs of the memes. When you support a local business, you're putting money in their pocket. They're putting money in your baseball team's pocket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're giving back. When you give to the community, the community responds in kind in most cases. I, I agree 100%. And again, going back to, to Matt Pinnell's speech, yeah. one of the things he said is this is the front door to the rest of the economic development that we want in the state. Well, you know, in kind of not on the tourism thing, a lot of big moves are happening in Oklahoma we're seeing it all the time in the news. Hollywood is making a presence here. They're 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 putting money into communities and and affording uh, communities to do so much more within their infrastructure. So uh, Oklahoma isn't. We're in the middle of a boom. We are. Yeah. And there's always something to do in the state of Oklahoma. As, as much as we get irked by uh, the younger generation saying there's nothing to do in Oklahoma. Yeah. There's always something to do in Oklahoma. Yeah. And we're here to help you find those things throughout the year. So if you're looking for some fun activities in the state of Oklahoma, might I suggest checking out onlyinokshow.com. Absolutely. We're a hundred deep in this adventure and we're taking you along with us new episodes every week. Please check us out. Tell your friends, tell your family. We're everywhere. We are the Only in OK Show. I'm Brett, and I'm Harley, and we're out of here. Peace. Three, two, one. Have we ever one take? The the intro? Yeah. Not one time. Yeah. Where are your children this weekend? Uh, one of them's in bed, and the other one's at his mama's house. As soon as you stop touching that fucking microphone, uh, you can say whatever you want. One a site that I rely, I used to rely on just kind of uh, objective opinions, also known as reviews on things that I like. Yeah. IGN. Army of the Dead. Why? Now, it's hang a zombie on. movie. It is a, it is a zombie heist movie. It's basically Dead Rising, Ocean's Eleven. Right. And every other zombie, love the genre to death, but every zombie trope there is. Mm-hmm. I don't think the only exception is we've never seen a zombie Elvis impersonator or a zombie tiger yet. So their opinion of that was, 
it failed to do something. It, it was, it, it was basically their criticism. Criticism of it was that it was too, too much zombie. It's too much like a zombie movie. They didn't try to. The, the characters are the main characters are forgettable. Okay, most cases that unless it's a classic, it's that's the that's the formula to every zombie movie. Yeah. Because you don't want to... I don't want to get attached to a character I know... It took them 12 years to get rid of Rick. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's an hour and a half, two hour movie. We don't have time to invest in everyone's backstory. Right. We're not here for that. Well, not not to mention the fact that it's a two hour movie. How much time do you have to, do, to go over the backstory of the 12 people that are going to die... One at a time, right? By zo- by a zombie attack, a literal. I mean, what do they call it? A swarm, a zombie horde. No, like I'm just. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you made it a twelve hour movie, you could spend a half an hour getting ready. You know, getting to know every character and. But why now? All of a sudden, we have to be every everything that could just be. We're just here to have fun. Well, I really think they missed the mark on trying to raise awareness of what it's like to be a dead alive and not have any fam- family. I'm like, it's not important. Mm-hmm. But ha- I also think about how many times we've tried, not as a society, but as an industry, talking about Hollywood and all that, to, well, we've got we've to flip the script and make the character more this or that and less this or that. And it's failed miserably. Right. Like you're, you've not only destroyed your concept, you've also kind of soiled the reputation of the the original IP. Like, right. So, can you not hit the desk so much? Yeah, I I can, but I just, you know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Three, two, one. Is it the doors at Tim Keller or the no, blue blue doors at blue Tim doors. Keller? The script writer. I probably just missed it when I was copying it to email it to you over there. Well, don't let the blue doors hit you and the where the good Lord splits you on the way out. So you're going to be fired. It's going to be huge. Um, three, two, one. My computer is trying to open up this file, so give me a second anyway. What what file? The full version of the blue doors. Script uh, okay. is like I went to maximize it, and my computer's like, "This is hard." <laughs> okay, you know, I really, I had a, once had a million dollar idea for uh, how um, you know how like animal shelters and and dog rescues have all these dogs, but how do they? How can we organize all of the the photos and the <laughs> the bios? I tried to develop something called pedophile. Um, (laughs) pedophile the new way to organize your pet photos no you're not pedophile pedophile oh yeah everybody just says pedophile dude come on i i don't pedophile i massage my massage i massage a file that's stupid let me know when you're ready is oh you're waiting oh no as soon as this opens up i'm literally it restarted the program okay i'm open nasal cavities are if tony tony montana had allergies (laughs) that's some good stuff mate (laughs) i don't think i've actually seen that movie all the way through scarface yeah it's my king allergies man 
ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. Ready, ready, ready. Okay. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about the blue door. No, blue doors. Not the blue doors. It's blue doors. Not the blue door. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're talking about the blue doors at 10 Killer. And a little bit later, it's the... You want to freaking stop it, Brett. I'm not going to write it down because I got it. Three, two, one. In the 1950s, it was a motor lodge called the Shri, uh, the Shang, beep, beep, beep. It was a motor lodge in the 1950s. Jesus Christ, I hate your guts. I don't know why you keep looking at me with I'm that face. I'm not even looking at I'm sorry. I was born with it. Maybe I was born with it. Maybe it was Maybelline. I doubt it. Don't do that. Uh, they're my glasses. In the 1950s, why is that funny? <laughs> because those aren't your glasses. They dude. really are. They're reading glasses. I know. I'm reading. Oh, okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Asshole. <laughs> Go ahead. Please continue. Oh my professor. god, I hate you. Do you really need them? Use yes. Them. Then use them. I just won't look at you. No. In the 1950s, it was a motor lodge called the Shank. <laughs> Shangri-La. Why can't I say Shangri-La? I have no idea. <laughs> you said it three times. Shangri-La. Why can I say Shangri-La? Why can I say it? Why can't I say it? Go ahead. Three, two, one. And welcome to the show. Today we're talking about the blue... <laughs> I don't want to do it like that, man. I can't help it. I want to do it, want to do it my way, baby. All right. Three, two. <laughs> three, two. I heard that. Three, two. All the shenanigans. All right. <laughs> Jeez, that was a grandma sneeze. <laughs> Alright, three, two. <laughs> God, that was loud. You guys have got some allergies up in here. Three, two, one.